Welcome back, listener, to Discussing Marvel, a Falcon and the Winter Soldier after show. I am your host, Irving, along with... Your other host, Eddie. And today we are discussing the very first episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier titled New World Order. And the official synopsis is Sam Wilson and Bucky Barn realize that their future is anything but normal. All right, Eddie, let's kick things off with first impressions. And I i mean, you could choose whether to keep it spoiler free or not. We assume that everyone that's listening to this already watched the episode. And if you haven't, what are you doing here? Like, <laughs> you're going to get spoiled. Yeah. Go back, watch it, come back in 42 minutes. Mm-hmm. First impressions, I enjoyed it. Definitely am missing WandaVision a lot. I was very sad when it was over. Uh, but this show brings in a new theme. So I like it. I am excited to see what Bucky and Sam have to go through. And yeah, it's very different than WandaVision. So we'll see where it goes. I feel like there's not a lot of hype. Um, after the first episode, I don't see Twitter or TikTok talking about it, so. Yeah, it was really weird. I'm used to seeing WandaVision trending quickly right after the episode ends, and I can go in and, like, laugh at all the memes. But, yeah, for this one, it took, like, 20 minutes after the show was over for, like, things to start kicking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the first episode. So what about you? I was very pleasantly surprised. Like, just like you, I was missing WandaVision because I was afraid that this was going to be the typical two guys having a good time throwing the metal frisbee after taking that emotional journey through WandaVision. And they completely surprised me with how emotional this show was but in a completely different environment. I think we're seeing the way that men have to handle grief from two ends of the spectrum, seeing how Bucky has to handle his grief and how kind of Sam like suppresses grief because he's not really showing that anything is wrong or anything has even happened in the last five years. And just like the little things that happen that kind of has to peel that facade away has been really interesting. So I'm really excited to see where they take this show and just get down and actually discuss the episode a lot further. Yeah. And like you said, there hasn't been a lot of talk online the way WandaVision was because with WandaVision, it was all about Mephisto, Mephisto, Mephisto. Where is he? Um, is she that teapot? Is he in the closet? Like, And with this one, the talk has been military propaganda. So I think it's not that... The discussion isn't out there. I just think that the discussion is different. Mm -hmm. It's no longer theories. It's like, what are we watching? And should we be glorifying the military is kind of like what people are discussing online, or at least in the uh, circles that I'm in. And now that we're all caught up on our first impressions, let's take it from the top.
We open up the episode with Sam getting ready and he's ironing his shirt. And if you look very closely, ironing, Iron Man, Iron Man's confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) They couldn't make it any clearer. Yep. No, I'm totally kidding. But can you imagine living your life like that? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the one thing that I'm so grateful about this show is that they established kind of like in the first episode, there's no theorizing like WandaVision. Just enjoy the show. Yeah. When that's good, I feel like a lot of theorists took it to the extreme that they felt disappointed after each episode or after the whole series. And for me, I was having a good time and enjoyed it throughout. Not to say that there's no theories that you can't come up with with this show, which there definitely is, but it's not to the extreme, like you said, of WandaVision. This one's more traditional what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. kind of theorizing but sam's getting ready while old man steve's voice plays in his head asking him how does it feel to hold the shield calling back to endgame which like right off the bat it's a very quiet and emotional intro Mm -hmm. and then we get the title card in I mean, I'm sorry, after getting nine different theme songs and nine different intros, I felt like this title card was, like, really basic. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It was very, like, freshman, just got Final Cut Pro for the first time, and it's, like, trying it out and submitted it, and Marvel's like, we like it. Yeah. (laughs) After the title card, we cut to Sam on a mission where one of the military's liaisons Captain Vassant is being targeted by the criminal organization known as CLAF. And I just love the word liaisons. I don't know what it means, but it just sounds fancy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's interesting because he is given instructions on how the mission needs to be subtle and very hush-hush. And we get our introduction to our first new character, Torres, who is the boots on the ground. And Eddie, I signed an emotional contract before watching this show that I knew that I was going to be in love with Sam and with Bucky, but I didn't sign off on Taurus being part of this triangle now. Oh, I know. <laughs> like, I felt like I needed some kind of warning before going into this show because now I'm invested. Yeah. I'm, well, and I'm excited to... to know more about him he was on my block a series on netflix if you haven't watched it but it's kind of nice to get some of some hispanic latin representation in the marvel universe i know i'm so excited because i know that we're moving closer and closer to getting latino representation and soon they'll look like me Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but yeah, check out On My Block. Danny Ramirez is the actor, so I'm excited to see where they go with this character. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's it's just always nice to get new characters and see them branching out. And they kind of need to bring in new people. They got rid of like half the cast, so we yes. need new blood. <laughs> <laughs> we see that... George's Batroc is actually leading this 
attack on this captain. And the last time we saw him was in The Winter Soldier. Where him and Captain Wynn head-to-head on that ship at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And he is still able to tumble like nobody's business for, you know, a guy that big. He sure knows how to... He's pretty flexible. Yeah. And then, yeah, the next five minutes is all nothing but great choreographed action. Yeah, and what I was thinking when I watched this episode a second time was this is probably all CGI and they just did all the flying off of the helicopters on like green screen, but it still looks very realistic. Yeah. And what's nice is Falcon has always been just the guy in the sky and a lot of his combat has just been very basic flyovers. But in this one, it's like, oh, no, like those wings can actually move and Mm -hmm. they could bend in ways that we really haven't seen before. So I am very grateful that they're actually taking the time to play with this character, especially uh, heroes that don't have superpowers. You have to make them like really good fighters. Yeah. Like, for example, Natasha has no superpowers, but she's got her signature leg wrap. Mm -hmm. which I'm still practicing at home and, you know, I just can't seem to get it right. (laughs) And Taurus is essentially in awe this whole time and he's basically us. Yes. (laughs) One thing that I did ask myself is, how did two helicopters sneak up on him? Like, don't they have radar? They do, yeah. Like, yeah, If this mission seemed really weird. Like, why is he by himself and... How did you guys not know that there was, like, additional helicopters around? But luckily, Sam succeeds, and we see that George has escaped. So I'm sure we haven't seen the last of him. Mm -hmm. So, Eddie, we're 10 minutes into the episode so far. How were your feelings at this point? I was enjoying it. It was like, oh, this is probably what every fanboy wanted at the start of WandaVision is action and and taste chasings so it was just it was really cool that we got to experience this chasing and they started off the episode with a lot of action yeah what about you i was on board i was like taurus i was cheering for Sam on my sofa. I thought it was a lot of fun. We don't really get many aerial dogfighting scenes that don't involve ginormous like helicarriers or Iron Man. Like he was the only one that really got those kinds of action scenes. So it was fun seeing someone else for a change. And I love the kind of callback to how they filmed Sam in the air with a close-up to his face. Almost like what they do with Iron Man. So Mm -hmm. it was just nice to see a different style change. And yeah, it was really cool. And like I said, I enjoyed seeing so much choreographed action. Hand-to-hand combat is always appreciated. Yeah. So we see that Taurus and Sam are in Tunisia having some tea. And they're just going over the Falcon tech. And Sam makes a comment about his tech messing up every time the... Air Force seems to get their hands on it. So is the military messing with Sam? 
I don't think they're messing with him. I think they're trying to control him in a way. <laughs> it just felt weird. Like the mission didn't make sense. It felt like they were setting him up to fail. Mm-hmm. Because it felt that either the mission was to get him killed or to make him break those kind of treaties with Livia because it was literally just trying to get him to cross the line. Yeah. And isn't he breaking the Sokovia Accord by doing this secret mission without the United Nations all signing off on it? Yeah, but we haven't really visited the Sokovia Accord since Civil War, so I know a lot of people are grounded and a lot of people were... They were on house arrest, so I feel like this is like the first time after Endgame we're seeing a lot of these characters do their own thing, and I'm excited to see where the Sokovia Accord takes place in this series. Yeah, we haven't seen if they made any amendments or if they've done any changes to it, but it still felt very strange that Sam's doing a secret mission after the U.S. military was, like, upset that the Avengers were, like, on their own doing their own thing. It's, it just seems very strange and suspicious because at this point, he still has the shield. Yeah. So it just felt like they were trying to do something where they can just take the shield, mm-hmm. whether get him killed or have him arrested for committing war crimes or something like that. It just because trying to get him to fly into restricted airspace and them all of a sudden being like, oh, there's two helicopters. Where'd this come from? Like, girl, our budget is so big and you couldn't tell there was two helicopters there. (laughs) Well, and yeah, so do you believe in the Sokovia Accord like Iron Man did or were you on Captain America's side? Well, I think that the problem is with this argument is that we keep looking at Team Captain versus Team Iron Man instead of just looking at the Sokovia Accords on their own because we bring in the emotional attachments we have to Captain and we have to Tony. Because usually the argument against Captain is, oh, he just wouldn't let go of Bucky. And then the argument towards Tony is, oh, you know, he's just like trying to overdo his guilt. But when you look at the Sokovia Accord on its own, it's like, it doesn't matter whose team you're on, this piece of document is completely flawed yeah and it's it was created by the government so (laughs) yeah and we see that even tony doesn't even believe in it because the minute he tells ross oh bucky's innocent ron's like i'm not i don't have to listen to you Mm -hmm. and you need to let us handle it and then he goes on his own to go after them so he breaks the accord like literally after signing it yeah but that's the thing it's like it's always going to have someone else's best interest in mind, kind of like how Captain America said. And I think the problem is that even the name of it is like the Sokovia Accord. It felt like it was an attack against Wanda. Like, why name it Sokovia if it was created after the events in Lagos? Mm -hmm. Like I said, I think that we need to focus more on the piece of legislation that came forward and judge that on its own without bringing the emotional attachment to these two other characters. Yeah. It's a big piece of it's a it's like a huge book. I want to I want to read the whole thing. And by <laughs> me read the whole thing, I want someone online to read it and just give me the spark notes. Yes. Uh we then see that Taurus then explains to us about a new organization 
named the Flag Smashers. You see these guys? These are the guys you got to worry about. I've been stumbling onto their manifestos on message boards. They call themselves the Flag Smashers. Is that a new thing? Bad guys give themselves bad names? There's a lot worse names than that one. But basically, they think that the world was better during the blip. Trust me, it, it wasn't. Trust me, every time something gets better for one group, it gets worse for another. Yeah, essentially, these people, they, they want a world that's unified without borders. So you can see why a lot of people are into that. Yeah. But keep an eye on it. If anything gets serious, you let me know. No doubt. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll track the online chatter, see what they're saying. I do gotta ask you though, cause like online there's just been a lot of, a lot of stuff about Steve actually. Um, crazy, crazy conspiracy theories. Some people, some people, they think that he's in a secret base on the moon looking down over us. Well, I can assure you those people, you don't have to take seriously. But you didn't like... That's an interesting concept, having no borders, because at the end of the day, who would be in charge of that? Yeah. That's the funny part is like they're trying to have like this noble cause of, you know, we were better in the last five years. We all need to come united. And it's like, yeah, that's good. But who's going to be in charge of that? There's always Mm going to be someone that wants to be the leader. And they'll be like, no, no, it's not like that. And then you could just go, well, who's the leader in your group? You have a leader. See, like every organization has a leader. Yeah. Well, and I feel like this kind of reminded me of this pandemic we're in where everyone's like we need to be united we need to be united yeah and someone online brought up that it's essentially kind of like it was better the way it was before but because of whose agenda though like Mm -hmm. sam brings it up whenever it gets good for someone it always gets worse for someone else yeah And Taurus better not break my heart because it seems like he's kind of flirting with this organization a little too closely, as we'll Mm -hmm. see later on. So I really hope that he doesn't break my heart. Also, are they calling out the theorists? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I am here for it. I laughed when Taurus was saying all this stuff about... (laughs) Captain America being on the moon. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, what kind of theory is that? We all know Mephisto has him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, where's old man Steve? (laughs) Because by the looks of it, no one knows that old man came back. They all assume that he just disappeared based on people reading the dialogue that was in his exhibit. Mm -hmm. Later on, like, it'll show that no one really documented that he went back in time or that he went back to return the stones and came back as an old man like it just says that he just disappeared yeah where do you think he's at now i don't know he's probably chilling with like fury in space so he's not in the moon he's just like in space with fury mm-hmm. or he's in palm springs <laughs> <laughs> uh, we cut to sam in washington and what feels like a funeral And it kind of is, but it's more for the legacy of Captain. And Rhodey was there, which I was surprised. Were you expecting to see him pop up? No, and which was a nice cameo. Yeah, it was a cameo that made sense. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, he would be there. And we see Sam giving a very beautiful speech. A 
few months ago, billions of people reappeared after five years away, sending the world into turmoil. We need new heroes, unsuited for the times we're in. Symbols are nothing without the women and men that give them meaning. And this thing, I don't know if there's ever been a greater symbol, but it's more about the man who propped it up who's gone. So today we honor Steve's legacy, but also we look to the future. Thank you, Captain America. But this belongs to you. It was a very beautiful speech, but Rhodey did not seem pleased with it. Yeah, well, we all kind of we're hoping for something else. And he states that we need new heroes, but why do you think Sam did not want to be the next Captain America? He sees Steve as someone that no one is ever going to live up to, and he just feels less than. Mm -hmm. So I'm not worthy enough of being Captain America. Like, in the speech, he's literally, like, saying, we need new people to come in because I'm not worthy enough for this title. It's like, just do it. Steve believed in you, and he gave it to you. Like, mm -hmm. But I think it comes down to sometimes being overly hard on yourself and putting in this need to be better than anyone else to prove how noble you are. And that's great, but at the end of the day... It's been five years since the blip and everyone has changed and you'll learn that, oh, it's great that you have a good moral compass. But at the end of the day, there's people that don't and they're going to trample on you and they'll do what you didn't want to. Yeah. Why do you think he didn't want to take on the mantle of captain? The same thing as you. Um, racism is very much alive in this world still to this day that people are going to riot when they see a black Captain America because that's not the Captain America they grew up with. And it's sad and it's frustrating. That's why we need to continue fighting for equality. And for that man to tell Sam that it was the right decision to turn in the shield, I I knew to be suspicious of this man. Yeah, well, and then you said it earlier, too, how they sent him on this mission, hoping probably that he would fail and die, that they can just take the shield now that he's dead. So, Yeah, like I said, I definitely felt like getting the shield was the endgame. Mm -hmm. It was great to get more into Sam's personal life story and seeing that he's with his sister and his two nephews and we also keep getting reminded of how it's a different time that allies are now enemies alliances are torn apart and everyone is looking for someone to fix a broken world yeah which we totally get after going through this year allies are now enemies 
and alliances have been torn apart in people's personal lives. There's families that are no longer intact the same way they were before 2020 started, along with friendships, just based on personal decisions and personal accountability on what we went through and are still going through this year. Yeah. And, you know, with Sam still feeling that the shield belongs to Steve, it's really heartbreaking because we get that great shot of Sam's reflection with the shield on him. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of when Cap tried to see himself as a soldier, but he was too short. Yeah. We cut to a hotel that just reads opulence. You own everything. And we get a fist breaking through the wall that many of us would just want around us. <laughs> and it's the Winter Soldier, Eddie. I was excited and a completely kind of like caught me off guard. Not excited. I was scared. I was like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> well, you know, it's because at first I was like, oh, it's been very chill. It's been very relaxing. And then when you see the the fist breaking through, I just assumed that Bucky got sent on a different mission, just like how Sam was on his. So I didn't really read it as like, oh, what's going on? Until I kind of saw that, wait a minute, his arm looks different. His arm looks different. He has the scary looking hair, the face covering. I'm just like, uh... What are you doing? <laughs> we spent so much time trying to get you to be good. <laughs> and it's been literally 17 minutes to this point, And we finally get the Winter Soldier showing up or Bucky. I was afraid that this was going to be one of those things where he didn't show up till episode two. Mm-hmm. Where episode one would be all Sam and episode two would be all Bucky. But I'm glad that they brought him in. Yeah. He's on a mission, and after he kills his target, he unfortunately goes after a hotel guest that was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And after we get a very scary shot of him pointing the gun at the screen and shooting, we see that it was just a nightmare. And I'm surprised how violent the show was. I know that we didn't really see many bullets or any blood come out, but man, the body count is high. Yeah. (laughs) We're over here getting mad at Wanda for trapping a town full of civilians. And over here, they're like shooting up everybody. Mm -hmm. But but these are bad guys, so it's okay. There's a difference, Eddie. These are bad guys. Yes. But we finally see someone at therapy. It's about time. Yeah, I saw this meme (laughs) yesterday of, of this scene and... Wanda sitting next to Bucky saying we <laughs> we need to get Wanda to go to therapies and maybe none of the actions that took place in WandaVision would have happened if she would have gotten some good therapy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Chances are the fact that what happened in Westview is probably the reason why Bucky is in therapy because WandaVision takes place days after the blip. This takes place months after they've mm-hmm. come back. Yeah. So now it's going to be fun because there's going to be so many different viewing orders moving forward. There's going to be the chronological viewing order of the events happening. So you'll have WandaVision right after the blip and you'll get this. And then Far From Home will be after that. 
And we'll also have the original 2019 timeline of release, which would start off with Black Widow and Falcon and the Winter Soldier and the Eternals. And then there'll be release order, which would be WandaVision, this, Loki. Like, the possibilities are endless now. Yeah. So he's in therapy and he's just lying. And there's nothing worse than a boy that lies because we can see through those lies. Yep. (laughs) They think they're very smart, Eddie. But you know what? I can see right through those lies. But he's handsome, so we let them slide. That's true. And she's not taking any of it. And we see that he's been crossing people off a list. And it's a list of his amends. And he crossed someone off yesterday. And it was for Senator Atwood. And his therapist just wants to make sure that he followed the three rules. And they are, don't do anything illegal. Nobody gets hurt. Even though that should be rule number one. And number three is, I'm no longer the Winter Soldier. I am James Bucky Barnes. And you're part of my efforts to make amends. And I was very stressed watching this scene. Mm -hmm. Because I think that the events of WandaVision in Sokovia, where her family is killed and seeing the explosion has kind of put me on edge with the Marvel shows because we saw the kids basically get blown off screen. Mm -hmm. So now if children aren't safe, neither are adults. So literally this whole time I was just waiting for some kind of terrorist attack to happen on screen. Yeah. And I feel like he has a long list because he's been kind of brainwashed for a very long time. Yeah, he says 90 years he's been fighting nonstop. We see that he needs to trust people and that he's really trying. But the only time he ever felt calm was when he was in Wakanda. Because like you said, he's been going from fight to fight for 90 years. And like he told Tony, I remember all of them. So it's not like he was blacked out. He was conscious. He just couldn't do anything. Which is crazy to think. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And after saying that he only wants peace, that's when his therapist really lets him have it. You're a terrible friend. I was an excellent soldier. So I saw a lot of dead bodies, and I know how that can shut you down. And if you are alone, that is the quietest, most personal hell. And James, it was very hard to escape. Look, I know that you have been through a lot. But you got your mind back. You are being pardoned. I mean, these are good things. You're free. To do what? I love that she used to be a soldier as well, so she knows exactly what he is going through. We head to Brooklyn, where we meet Yori Nagajima. And we see that he and Bucky go have sushi. And it's cute to see him be friends with someone that's not named Steve. Yeah, well, and I feel like we know that Bucky is old. So he has like an old soul. So I can see them. I can see him why he makes friends with older people and feels uncomfortable (laughs) with people that are supposed to look his age. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I figured too, that 
oh yeah he's just old friends with an old man because he's an old man mm-hmm. and we see that mr nagajima is like the best wingman because he sets him up with a date with leia but then we learn that mr nagajima lost a son that was killed abroad and bucky seems very distressed yeah one thing i really enjoyed about this tv show format is that this is the longest episode we've had of a marvel show so far like yeah. it's longer than any of the wandavision episodes but the difference is there's a lot of quiet and by quiet i mean like no dialogue scenes in this show compared to wandavision mm-hmm. like wandavision was quick paced and quick dialogue because it was structured like television. This one is very much structured like a personal drama. Yeah. There's a lot of close-ups. There's a lot of uncomfortable angles. And here, it's literally just Bucky and the uncomfortable music. And we, you could just tell that there's a lot of pain and trauma going on in, in his head. Mm-hmm. And you can't really have something like this in a two-hour movie. Because you have a lot of plot to get through. Yes. And that's why I appreciate us getting these shows. Because we get these moments of uncertainty. And see what each character is going through. As where a movie, it just feels very rushed at times. I'm glad that they, they didn't cut any of this to make it a shorter episode. Like, there is a lot of quietness in this episode, and I I appreciated it. It was different, and it was nice. We see Sam head home, and I'm sorry if I pronounced this wrong, but to Delacroix, Louisiana, where his sister Sarah and his nephews AJ and Cass live. And we see that they're having an argument about selling the family boat. And she reminds him that she had to keep it together alone for five years with two boys and one thing i find interesting is seeing how sam is like seen as a celebrity hero everywhere he goes yeah especially in this scene seeing all the fellow fishermen just being excited that he's there and his sister's just like you know we all had to do things the last five years and he's been gone but yet he's the one that's seen as a hero Mm mm-hmm And we see that he's trying to convince his sister, Sarah, not to sell. Do you know how hard it was for me to come to terms with the situation? Why would you dig this in? We can take a loan and consolidate everything. It'll take down your monthly. What? You think I didn't try the banks? They're in with all that big business. Yeah, but now you have me. Don't, Sam. I just got to deal with this. Maybe it really is just time for us to move on. Either way, just let me help. I'll set the appointment. I won't let you down. We can turn this shit around. Trust me. To the rescue, huh? Always. Well, let's get some dinner. I'm hungry. These are the types of character moments that you don't really get with a movie. They have such a interesting relationship. We heard her say that she wasn't whipped. She had to live those five years by herself and the people that got blipped back are just back to 
things that were normal back then and they didn't have to like suffer through the loss and the struggles that the people that didn't get whipped lived through. I mean, we see that even in WandaVision with Hayward telling Monica that she still has the optimism. Mm -hmm. And that that's kind of like the thing with everyone that was blipped. Yeah. We see that Bucky brought flowers to his date. And I just think that's like the cutest thing ever. (laughs) And she mentions how old fashioned of you. And Eddie, I haven't been dating because I've been in a stable long-term relationship almost 10 years like literally the basics are seen as like oh my god that is so old-fashioned like what do people do on dates now nothing (laughs) i'm sure they're doing something eddie (laughs) because as they're trying to get to know each other he mentions about online dating and the weird pictures online and i'm just like what are you people posting (laughs) you don't want to (laughs) know I'm like, Bucky, yes, 90% of the pictures we're going to see on there are men with fish. That's just the standard. (laughs) (laughs) Which is scary because I also have pictures with fish. It's not that hard. (laughs) (laughs) We also learned that he's 106 and that puts him right on my preferred dating aid. (laughs) What Eddie? I'm an I'm I'm an old soul. I like to just stay home and watch TV and only go out for food and essentials. Yeah. And this was a great scene as well because we get to see more of Bucky's life and him explain it in a natural setting. Like it makes sense for him to say all this on a date. Yeah. And also learning more about Bucky and Yuri's relationship. And he cuts the date short once Leia brings up Yuri's son. And Bucky heads over there. And we see that that was the hotel guest that Bucky killed in that flashback. Mm-hmm. And this was just another name he was trying to cross off his list. I did not see that coming. Neither did I, yeah. It was very emotional scene and see him seeing him go through that struggle and when she brought the son up it made him very uncomfortable and just the guilt in his face you can see yeah and i really hope that's not the last we've seen of yuri or leia i think it'd be nice to have bucky have someone else to talk to that's not sam Or the therapist. Or the military, yeah. Yeah. But part of me is like, don't give them love interests either, though. (laughs) (laughs) I like my superhero single, okay? (laughs) We see that Sam and Sarah are getting ready to head to the bank. And Sam just keeps telling her about all the great things that they're going to do once they get that money. And Sam also teaches us that there is no such thing as on time. You're either late or early. Which one are you, Eddie? Early, for sure. Yeah, same here. But I'm always running late. <laughs> what? <laughs> so mentally, you like to be early, but actually, you're always running late. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm always early, like super early to everything. I think it's because I don't have a car and I have to take public transportation everywhere, which means that I don't have the luxury of being late because leaving the house four minutes late could result to me being up to an hour late somewhere if I miss the bus. Mm-hmm. And I've taken the bus since I was 10. So that's just engraved into me that I get severe anxiety when I'm running late. We cut to Switzerland and we see that Torres has joined what looks like a crime flash mob. And like I said, I mean, like he's just uh, he's flirting with that, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And I know that he's trying to say that it's all research, but you look too comfortable for it to just be research. Yeah. And I really hope he's not getting radicalized online. Yeah. Same. And we see that it's a robbery. And I love that we get the typical giant duffel bags full of money. Because in reality, that would be really heavy to carry. Mm -hmm. But that's not a problem for these guys. Because we see the Flag Smashers kick a cop. Who I'm pretty sure is not paralyzed. Because they are strong. Yeah. They are strong enough to essentially kick Taurus's butt without even trying. He just lifts him up. Smashes him on the floor, kicks him a little bit, just a little peck. And now he just lies there on the floor like some of the greats of the MCU, like Natasha and Gamora. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you're not laying on the floor with your legs like that, are you even laying on the floor? Or are you even fighting? (laughs) (laughs) We see that Sam and Sarah have finally made it to the bank. And the fact that the loan officer could only think that he could only recognize Sam from sports is very microaggressive. Yeah. It comes across as a compliment at first, but when you really look into it, it's like, what? And this is going to be a bit of a long clip because I didn't want to cut it short because I think it's one of the most important parts of the show. But the loan officer brings up their whole financial situation how do you guys make a living you mean those guys or the guys sitting in front of you trying to get a loan both <laughs> i mean your financials are all over the place is there some kind of fun for heroes or did stark pay you when he was around my condolences by the way uh thank you but no it doesn't really work like that there's a tremendous amount of goodwill and because of that people are inclined to help which applies to the business right but you couldn't have been living off of goodwill this whole time i don't get what you're going for here are you trying to help us or indict us you have no income over the last five years how can you have income if you don't exist sarah uh i've been gone like several billion other people but if you look at our plan i have government contracts so that's proof of earnings and i know for a fact that we qualify for sba loan under the old terms sure but these days, it feels like everyone's just showing up while things tighten up. Funny how things always tighten around us. Whoa, easy there. Look, I'm on your side. After all, he's a hero. Is there any chance, of course, you could say no, that I could get a selfie with your arms out? Are you serious? <laughs> Mr. Wilson. Mrs. Wilson. Ms. I'm a widow. Ms. Wilson. I know your family has banked with us for generations, but we cannot approve you. 
I'm truly sorry. Man, there's a lot to unpack in this minute and a half clip. Yes. First of all, the fact that they weren't getting paid is confusing, but it makes sense at the same time. Well, it's true. I feel like they are doing it, like Sam says, off of goodwill and rescuing people is what they were doing. And they didn't have to do it. So, yeah, it almost feels like maybe Shield was paying them, but it wasn't like a lot. It was like 30,000. Like they were getting paid minimum wage or something like that. And room and board was just at the Avengers compound, which Tony built, which he was probably using as a tax deductible. Yeah. Number one. Number two, it almost feels like Sam has this view that hey, I'm an Avenger, right? Like, you can trust me. And they're like, yeah, but you're just the Falcon. Mm -hmm. Like, even within the Avengers, and we see that with the fans, even within the Avengers, there are certain ones that we see like, you're, why are you even here? Like, you don't carry the same weight as the Thors and the Iron Mans and the Captains. Mm -hmm. Because I'm pretty sure that if it was Captain America sitting there, they would have given him that loan because he has the title of Captain America that... Being Captain America carries more weight, and to them it seems as less of a risk than being the Falcon because you're just a Falcon. You you came yeah. in like movie eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know Sarah knows what's up. She can tell that there is a difference between the the Avengers and the man that's sitting in front of you. Like who are you talking about? Like you're treating him, you're treating us like two completely different entities. Yeah. Because he clearly shows him that he's got government contracts. Like, what's the problem? And it's like, well, yeah, but you're still on their, uh, this, uh, your risk level is kind of down here. Yeah, and even Sarah mentions, like, he hasn't been here for five years. So I feel like a lot of people that got flipped are going through all these struggles, too. We see with like employment too that you need you need kind of a history of employment or else there's a gap and they question what were you doing in that gap of five years. Well, not even just that. We're even seeing that now with people that have had the gap during this pandemic and they're using that against them when they're mm -hmm. trying to find a job saying, Oh, it's so it shows here that you didn't really work all of 2020, and it's like yeah. Many places closed down, and it's almost like well, you could have tried harder to find a job. You could have worked at KFC. Like if you really wanted to work, you would have found something. It's like there's always a reason why. Not to. Do something for you. Yeah. Because I think that if, like I said, if it would have been any other hero that they seem to be more prestigious than the Falcon, they would have probably been approved. Yeah. And Sarah, she's not having it. She doesn't want to do this anymore. Sam wants to go to other banks. And I think he's getting that wake-up call that, wow, I'm not seeing, like, the other heroes in the Avengers. Mm -hmm. Like, he, you can tell that throughout the episode, he kind of sees himself like a Tony. 
but now he's starting to see that not everyone else sees you in, at that level and is willing to take that kind of a risk, as the bank would say, on you. Yeah. And Sam does not want to sell the boat because he wants to keep his family legacy. So he's going to fix the boat himself. And I think that that's going to be the theme of the show is your legacy. Because we see Bucky's trying to fix his legacy of the Winter Soldier. And now Sam's like, I gave up the shield and I wanted to be like, come back home and fix my family legacy. And I'm seeing that it's not what I want it to be. At his boat, Sam receives a text from Torres saying, get to a secure line, need you to watch something and call me ASAP. Hashtag important with a <laughs> selfie. Like, how old is this guy? <laughs> I want to say probably in his mid-20s. Is that how people in their mid-20s text? Like, they add hashtags and they have to take a selfie everywhere? Or is that just, like, someone in their 40s thinking that's how someone in their 20s text? <laughs> I, I just, don't know. I mean, I'm old, so I just, I'm curious. I want to know if this is really how the kids do it nowadays or is this how someone in their 40s that's a screenwriter thinks is how kids are doing it nowadays and we notice that they are both trying to figure out what it is that they're looking at and who these flag smashers could be because they're strong and Taurus almost suggests something but Sam cuts him off so what do you think he was going to say Probably the super soldier serum or something. These people are stronger than the average person because we saw how heavy that kick was to that officer that made that officer fly <laughs> pretty yeah. far. That That's not your average human. Yeah, those duffel bags are heavy and... It definitely felt like that was not an average person. Yeah, I definitely think that Super Soldier Serum is in there somewhere. We've seen that they have been trying to come up with it since the success of Captain. But who knows? It could be something completely different. It could be Mephisto for all we know. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the food they've been growing for the last five years has had some kind of effect on people. And that's when Sarah comes rushing into the room and shows Sam the news. Unrest in the wake of recent events has left us vulnerable. Everyday Americans feel it. While we love heroes who put their lives on the line to defend Earth, we also need a hero to defend this country. We need a real person who embodies America's greatest values. We need someone to inspire us again. Someone who can be a symbol for all of us. So, on behalf of the Department of Defense and our Commander-in-Chief, it is with great honor that we announce here today that the United States of America has a new hero. Join me in welcoming your new Captain America.
they recast Captain America? <laughs> well, what I want to know is what recent events are they talking about? Are they talking about the recent events in Westview? It could be. It could be that. It could be the fact that there is this organized crime going around calling themselves the Flag Smashers who wants to destroy nations and have them all come in together because his speech is very America first. Yeah. Remember, he said, we're thankful for heroes that protect Earth, but we need someone that just protects America. Mm -hmm. And this man even winks at the camera. He's untalented, unworthy. We all hate him already. His suit doesn't fit him right. He's got no chin. I feel like they did everything in their power to make sure that we hated this man as soon as he walked out. Yeah, and you can just see the disappointment in Sam's face because he knew that the only person who should be wielding that shield was Steve Rogers. There was a legacy that he wanted to keep, and he just felt like they just destroyed it and started over. Yeah, just seeing him come out in this little press conference and winking at the camera, and that's how the episode ends. What the cap? He's got a gun. Yeah. It was like front and center, here's a gun, and... Whenever someone says America values, like, I automatically want to run the other way because I feel like my life's in danger. (laughs) Yes. And this, once again, brings up my feelings that Sam was set up to fail from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that he knew it was coming throughout that speech because they literally used his speech almost word for word. It was like he not only delivered the shield, but he delivered it on a platter And now he can't say that he's upset with this because we heard you say these words loud and clear. We need new heroes. How did you feel the first time you saw him walk out? I knew it was coming. I knew that if Sam did not want to be the next Captain America, I knew the U.S. government were going to try to make their own. He's probably not strong. He probably doesn't have the super soldier serum in him. They're just using him as kind of like propaganda to encourage and make people feel safe. Yeah, because like you said, he doesn't have, or as far as we know, he doesn't have the superhero serum. So I think this man's going to die because they got to get, they get the shield somehow. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think this man's going to die on a mission where it's going to be just like how we saw with Captain America, where he got tired of just being a mascot and actually wanted to do something. And he goes on a mission and the person he's fighting assumes he's like a superhero and like punches him a little too hard and then he's dead. Yeah. Or something like that. I'm just trying to figure out how are they going to get the shield back? Mm -hmm. Also, what the fuck is going on with Bucky? Because he's clearly going through a lot and they're already concerned that he might revert back to the winter soldier so what makes them want to have him go on missions that's true i don't know now that he's under the sokovia Accord, they like i said they probably can they probably are going to control them and tell them that they agreed to this and 
your property of the government now. They're probably going to use him like PETA in the Hunger Games where they're hoping he's just going to kill Sam accidentally or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy how they didn't even spend any time with each other. Yeah. Like, I feel like if this would have been WandaVision, everybody would have been in an uproar where Wanda and Vision didn't even see each other the first episode or something like that. Yeah. But I'm glad that they kind of established that they're trying to live their separate civilian lives, but it's just not working out. We also have some really cool end credits that have a lot of good hidden details and graffiti. And they go by really quickly. But one of the ones I saw said enhanced humans on there. So that's probably referring to the Flag Smashers and their superhuman abilities. Mm -hmm. Along with a poster for the new Captain. And it says Cap is back. And then there's graffiti over it that says manufactured hero. Which is true. <laughs> yeah. But I think that there's going to be a percentage of the population that is very America first in the MCU that this is exactly who they want. They want yeah. someone that's just looking out for America, like how they sit in that speech. And there's going to be the rest that are like, you all don't see this man for what he really is. He's just being used as propaganda. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see what happens. And I can't wait for Sharon to show up because it's her time to shine. Yeah. So, Eddie, what are your final thoughts on this episode? I enjoyed it. I was hoping for a post credit scene, <laughs> maybe, but <laughs> it didn't happen. But I enjoyed it. I am excited to get more character development with Sam and we find out that Bucky has siblings and he was really close with his family and after such a long time where is his family now so i'm hoping that they touch up on those subjects and see what happens when he reunites with them Mm -hmm. or if they do get reunited and i am i am enjoying sam's story and the struggles of being a minority and like you said earlier if it was captain america he would have gotten the loan like no questions asked so we see just the struggles of people going through on a daily basis just because they don't have proof of an income yeah What about you? Final thoughts? I thought this was a great episode. I'm excited for the series. I'm glad that these two characters are getting more fleshed out stories. It's cute seeing people say that they've gotten more development in 40 minutes than they have in multiple movies. But it's because they have time to spare. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that it didn't just start as a buddy comedy. And that we're seeing the effects of trauma from other characters in different ways. Because I think one of the struggles that the MCU has is that usually when they have a heart, either heartwarming scene or 
a very serious scene, they always had to cut it in with a joke at the end. Yeah. It could never just stay on its own. I was watching Infinity War last night, and when Gamora is with Peter, and she's telling him, if he gets me, you need to kill me, and it's all serious, and then Drax has to come in and be funny because we just have to have a joke in there. It can't be too serious. And now we're seeing that, no, they're leaning into the seriousness, so I'm happy for that. Yeah, and that's what I see the problem with the movies, too, is like, they establish a villain at the very beginning and they get the villain at the very end and they have to do it in two hours. Here we have time to get to know the characters, get to know their stories, that we are on an emotional journey with them and they don't need to establish a villain right away. Yeah, we already know that the villain is coming. And they did have like little things now and then. I think it was smart for them to have Taurus be the one that's flirting with the enemy right now and letting our two characters kind of figure out what's going on in their own lives. Mm -hmm. And there was just something relaxing in the visuals with Sam. And then you go to Bucky and it's like very unnerving. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool that... When you were with one character, it felt one way, and you were with the other, it felt a different way. Like I mentioned, I was an anxious mess throughout half the episode because I was waiting for a terrorist attack because, I don't know, like, I felt like I know it's coming. There's going to be some kind of action, and something's going to happen. It was really weird. And I think it's because of that whole scene in Sokovia in WandaVision. It's like... That was such a beautiful scene, and it ended with an explosion. Like, I can't have my guard down anymore. Mm -hmm. But overall, great episode. I cannot wait to see where they take it from here. It's only going to be six episodes, so it's kind of sad that it's less than WandaVision. But if they're this length, we're definitely going to get a lot more story. Yeah. And with that, I have been your host, Irving. And your host, Eddie. And this has been Discussing Marvel a Falcon and the Winter Soldier after show. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Please be sure to review. And if you have, thank you so much. Share us with your Marvel-loving friends and help us get discovered. And join us next week as we discuss episode two of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah.